0: This is Central central Control, control.
1: stand by.
0: guess what time it is folks what time is it folk it's time for a little hh h H and h so strap on that uh,
1: little rubber band around your arm get that vein nice and juicy harley davidson's and haircuts
0: what no no that's not where i'm going
1: hollywood hullabaloo there you go that's the one who the hell are you? I'm Tim. And I'm Derek. And this is... Transmissions from the
0: Forbidden Planet. Ooh, it's very visual how much that title excites me. <laughs> so then. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so this is, of course, the March 2023 edition of Hollywood Hullabaloo. Let's get
1: into it. All right. Um, we're going we're gonna to start
0: off with the first headline. What's the first headline, Derek? Dexter's spinoffs. Apparently Showtime has announced that they're going to do a spinoff of Dexter. Not one, not two, but the three. <laughs> That's how many licks it get, takes to get to the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. A Showtime beat the dead horse TV series lollipop,
1: basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is very disappointing to hear. Except for yeah. me. You? Yeah, me too. Okay. The show went off the rails after the showrunner was fired for wanting to end the series. Right. At season five. At season, yeah, for, yeah, going into season five. Right. And then they did the, uh, after the s- series went on way too long and went right. down silly directions. Right. It ended terribly, made the whole nation angry <laughs> <laughs> with the lumberjack staring into the camera thing. Right and then what how many what how many do you remember how many years went by season eight like you said a lot of people didn't like and that ends up wrapping up in
0: 2013 and then all the years later all the way up to 2021 we finally get a season nine where they're trying to come back they got the original showrunner coming back to close things up since people weren't happy with that that last little round
1: that they did kind of doing it in the way he intended it well to be done before he was fired I I mean in a way sort of right yeah I mean he's coming back to close it out
0: the way he wants to with all the baggage from the previous seasons (laughs) I believe you said something to the fact that
1: Michael C Hall who plays Dexter uh, part of the agreement to coming back to do New Blood was we can't pretend seasons five through uh, what was it eight or whatever didn't exist yeah he didn't want a retcon right right because he, you know, he enjoyed working with the people he worked with, and I guess the showrunner was like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." And so they right. they did like a modern version. So in that show, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler because it was in the trailers. His son Harrison's grown up, and then there's that whole thing uh, about whatever. Right. right? Does he have that dark passenger? So I'm obviously one of the spinoffs is going to be revolving around Harrison as right. So one of the pitches is, going forward, it's going to be not Dexter,
0: but Harrison. Right, right. And so that's one. Yeah. And then there's another one that they want to do called Dexter Early Years or Early Cuts
1: or something like that. That's like Hannibal Rising, right? Right, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) But, you know, so that would basically follow young Dexter, a new young actor playing Dexter, learning his craft from his father as he becomes a serial killer, using his serial killer, Dark Passenger, to turn towards other serial killers. So.
1: But, I mean, it works so well for dumber and dumberer.
0: Right, right, yeah. Well, I mean, um, the list goes on, really, but <laughs> I'm sure they're pinging off of what happened with Better Call Saul and taking the ball and saying, we could do that. Right, right.
1: Because <laughs> I guess maybe New Blood season, what is that, 9 or 8? 9, or, yeah. The, the, from the last 21 one did. was obviously successful enough, but the yeah. reason it was successful was because they were fixing what needed to be fixed. Right, yeah. People wanted rightful closure. Right. They did. It's not that they wanted to go back into that world. No, they're like, fix this mess. And what made that world the world is Michael C. Hall. So yeah. how are you going to capture lightning in a bottle? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, this is us being negative, but I, I just don't right. I don't see it happening. No, no, yeah. Do you? I,
0: no, I mean, when you have a character associated with an actor so much, yeah. not just his physicality of his look, but also the voice in that narration is always so perfect. He has that perfect voice, the perfect look. And
1: uh, it's Body language, the way he carries the character. Oh, right? yeah. yeah he, no,
0: I mean, he just embodies that character. And, and I also think it's not fair to whatever actor they're going to get to play the younger version <laughs> of him, because all he's going to be ending up coming against is
1: comparisons. Right. It's kind of like the Solo movie, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. You just. It's just... It's one of those things that I think they're automatically setting it up for for failure. And then, you know, then the other spinoff, which is bizarre to me, is yeah. a spinoff of the early years of John Lithgow's character.
1: Oh, the Trinity Killer. Really? Yeah. Well, because that's the Holy Grail of the Dexter series. So I guess right. they're trying to recapture that magic somehow. Right. Yeah, that's terrible. There's no
0: good humanity about that man. He's a bad dude. So you obviously have to counter following him around and doing these awful deeds with some new hero guy, which yeah. is probably that FBI guy, but I don't even remember in the show if they even told how long that FBI guy was on it. I mean, if it's, oh, I was a beat cop and, you yeah, know, that kind right.
1: of thing. It's just, it gets like, okay. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, that, that bums me out because you know, it's like the same thing they're doing. We talked about it before with the uh, Anne Rice stuff and, um, You know, making a whole universe on AMC with her with the Mayfair Witches and Interview with the Vampire. And apparently some of the reviews I've read on the Mayfair Witches is just, it's bombing out. Oh, really? It's terrible. And so, I don't know. It's
0: too bad. Yeah, and as I was saying before, a lot of people are trying to capture that lightning in a bottle that happened, in my opinion, again, with uh, Breaking Bad, where... That eventually ends up falling into Better Call Saul, Mm -hmm. and that is received so well critically and through the fans. Right. That is an amazing thing that happens with a TV show, is that you give a shit enough about uh, background characters on one show that spins off into another show, and you still love those characters and their background characters. Right. So they created this world. But I think the smart thing that that show did that obviously Dexter didn't understand to do, but the original showrunner did, was let's not... keep going on because it gets silly when Dexter in season 20 is going after another
1: serial killer (laughs) yeah in uh, Miami right I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? You yeah. never know. I guess I should nope. never count it out, but right, then, right, I mean, right. all three of these Dexter spinoffs will probably be fucking amazing! Yeah, right. <laughs> I doubt it. Well, I'll say this
0: about uh, Dexter before we get off the subject, and that is, I I for one know that I was way more harsh a critic on Dexter than you were. Y- yeah. You were very forgiving about it, because right. by the time that uh, trailer came out, I remember getting a text from you, hey, did you see the trailer for that new Dexter, I'm feeling the old vibe kind of thing. I did, I did. Yeah. And I went in way more hardcore crossing my arms, like show me something. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Whatever. <laughs> and it won me over. It yes. won me over.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, they did. It did a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So now they just need to leave it alone. Stop picking that scab. <laughs> So, new story number two, we got uh, uh, the Penguin series starring your good boy... uh, With Colin Farrell. There you go. And uh, from Matt Reeves, it's on HBO Max. They're going to start shooting it here pretty soon. And the newest rumor is that Robert Pattinson might be showing up as old Batman.
1: Yeah, as Batman, which is... That would be really cool if he does. I mean, I doubt he would be in it a lot. Probably just uh, an appearance or two. Right, and they could probably bring him in for
0: like three or four days, and he could get that shot
1: and no mm-hmm. problem. So right, kind of not unlike they did in the first Suicide Squad, where Ben Affleck shows up to arrest the Joker. I think, yeah. Right, right, right. I hope it's a little more than just that, but um, right. But who knows? You know, you know. You also don't want to overdo it too. You want to keep. Nope the mystique, right? You know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a balance to be found with that. And that's exciting because as we discussed in our Batman Volume 3, we're both pretty fond of this universe that yeah. Matt Reeves has created. and uh,
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. The penguin that they've made in this new movie, the Batman, is a very interesting character and I like to see how he grows. Right. I like to see where the criminal aspect goes after the city was flooded at the end and right. wh- where Batman is and where the penguin starts to take his Hold on, maybe the uh, crime syndicate of the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. I'll tune in for that. For sure. No hesitation here. Nope. (laughs) Nope.
1: let's give this uh, headline over to you next. Okay. Cause this is my area and this is kind of going to be in the same spirit of the first headline. <laughs> <laughs> so it just came out that John Favreau is basically saying there's no end in sight for the Mandalorian series. <laughs> and that right. just because of exactly everything we literally just said about right. the walking dead, about Dexter and about, you know, the stuff that's going on with the, and rice stuff and all that. There, it's it this and and what you just said about Breaking Bad. What made right. Breaking Bad so great is that it has a beginning, middle, and an end. I remember initially before that. I guess they knew of the star, the crazy success of The Mandalorian. Uh, that was the intention of the series anyway, was to have a beginning, middle, and an end, because it's going right. to catch up to a certain part of time anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it would make sense to go into it because Star Wars projects, well, any project, really, DC as well, you go into it with no plan. Yeah. <laughs> Things don't pan out so well. Right, right, right. It's no end in sight, so you just have to kind of make it up as you go along, and that can be
1: very bad and so it's unfortunate I, I mean that really bums me out because I, I, I mean I, I don't feel like Pedro is gonna wanna keep going he's at a certain point he's gonna be like I, I wanna do other stuff and yeah, then like, and then it doesn't then it, what does it become about Grogu you know I, I would imagine that if he
0: decides to not do it I I would wonder if they would just keep him in a helmet the whole
1: time and say, will
0: you do the voice or can we get
1: someone in to just do the voice of the character now? Like uh, Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just like that.
1: But look at how much resentment he has uh, about having to still work on that show 25 years later. You know? Right. You know, it's just greed, man. And, 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 and it's, it's just like taking something that's successful and, You know, Jesus Christ! Everybody still talking today about what a perfect concept the whole Breaking Bad series is, and why won't anybody fucking do that? You know, the only other one I can think of—I mean, granted, it's in the same ballpark and apes it a lot—is Ozark had a beginning, middle, of an and an end, and you know, they're in the same kind of genre, I guess. But they were smart enough to do that, you know. Right. But no, it seems like nobody else wants to follow that.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Favreau is all tied up in the Marvel world too. I mean, he was there from the ground floor built that up starting with iron man so he's he gets cash off of that yeah right and i think even right. he gets cash off of every film because he's a producer on a lot of the films that iron man ends up showing up in because he was there for the first iron man so he gets cash
1: Well, and he, he did those live action disney movies too which right, i'm sure right. he made a t- bazillion dollars on yeah yeah what, what at what point do you're just like i don't need any more money Right. Let, you know, let's let's instead of money, let's do something with integrity. <laughs> right. It's uh, bummer. I
0: I think uh, he did that. He said, "I want to do chef." <laughs> now I want more money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, Well, Obviously, I mean, he's a fan of the Star Wars world, and he got a chance to go play in that uh, toy box, if you will. And now it just seems like he doesn't know when to put the toys away and clean everything
1: up. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and here's the thing. You know, I think we've said this before. I'm going to say it again now. The success behind the Mandalorian is Dave Filoni, not Jon Favreau. Yeah. It's not Jon Favreau, so that was widely shown with uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, the Boba Fett series, which <laughs> Dave Filoni was not involved in, except for the the two Mandalorian episodes. The you know, yeah, the two those two episodes that dealt with uh, Din Djarin and Ahsoka Tano, because that's his character, Ahsoka Tano. But anyway, it's it's disheartening because it, it, it yeah it. I don't know. I don't even. I don't. Even <laughs> Tim, put the gun down. Tim, so Tim dis- put the gun down. Yeah, put the. Gu- <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Next headline. Mm -hmm. This is something that you'll hear us talk about a little bit more in a future episode. But uh, Spielberg has announced that he is close to closing a deal with HBO to do a seven-part miniseries on a script
1: that Stanley Kubrick wrote Mm -hmm. about Napoleon. Right, right. Because, yeah, we do talk about that in another episode. And that was going to be in the 70s, the original Kubrick Napoleon right yeah uh, and then he ended up he
0: he started prepping it right after he did 2001 and he did a lot of prep and he wanted Napoleon to be his next project so
1: right yeah Waterloo comes out and bombs so then he shifts his resources to Barry Lyndon instead
0: but well uh, uh, what's what's crazy about Spielberg taking over this project of Napoleon from Kubrick's own work is you know Kubrick constructed this project of napoleon himself wanted to do it himself and uh spielberg famously took over that ai project that kubrick worked with and then apparently kubrick even asked spielberg to take over that ai project because he felt spielberg's sensibilities was was better for the project and added a sense of whimsy and and uh wonder yeah and uh, so now spielberg's taking on this project and turning it into a seven-part miniseries from Kubrick's original work and script but Ridley Scott is also doing a Napoleon film now I think it's editing with Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon yeah so
1: well it, the, 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 the weird paradox is is that's exactly what happened to right what we just mentioned it happened to Kubrick back in the 70s right over saturation of a of a of a ip i guess
0: right yeah and and also spielberg taking over for kubrick on this passion project of napoleon kubrick i i just i feel like we're gonna miss out on some of the weird oddities that kubrick always added (laughs) you know and uh you got ridley scott doing his thing which i just you know right it's just weird to me that spielberg's picking up that mantle and, of course, there's got to be some kind of passion there for Spielberg right, to, right. to jump into a big project like this, especially for something like HBO. And uh,
1: I don't know. It's just... I'm sure. I mean, like, ever, probably part of his, uh, you know, and I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's weird. It's weird. Here's the other thing, too. He already did the, um, you know, Lincoln. Yeah. And Lincoln was beautiful. Yeah, well done and all that. It was a little slow though, and and it was missing something. I felt. Oh, really? Like. Yeah, See, I, I loved it. Yeah, I feel like it. It uh, and uh, um, it hasn't stuck around with a lot of people either, other than what's his name's performance, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Right. it's kind of a forgotten film and I, um, I don't know but I would push back on that a little bit
0: for you in saying maybe it's forgotten not necessarily because a lot of people don't like it I would imagine in my opinion it might be forgotten because of oversaturation on the market hmm. there's so much content out there it's hard for any movie to stick in your mind for a long time I guess, especially a drama, a period drama well. that's asking a lot
1: it depends on the period drama,
0: though. Like I, I love. I'll just say this: I love that John Adams
1: show. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember anything about it. Right, right. For for me, it there was it was a little. Uh a little hollow at, I, I, I mean in the long run it, I don't know I wanted it to be a, l- a little more engaging I think but um, we'll see so I'm just worried is that going to happen again with Napoleon well you
0: know? I, I mean we we already know that uh, you Tim are not a big fan when Spielberg takes over Kubrick Project well the, <laughs> that
1: AI story is just a boring ass story <laughs> that was Kubrick's idea well, yeah, but you say you like that too right yeah 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 I, I, there's almost a, the magic of the names behind it that's more what you're liking than the actual content. Wait, whoa, whoa, no. I don't know.
0: I, I, I like the content of it. Uh, uh. I like the movie. I enjoy. It. You got your opinion. Don't be pushing your opinion on me.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm you not. Are, I'm not I'm you not, I'm you not. are. You are. No, but it's like, you know, like with the Ghostbusters thing and all that too. There was, it was a...
0: I like that. I made my point on that. I'm not doing that again. I don't know. I don't want to get into a debate about that. We both have our opinions, Tim. So let's move on.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you say so. It's seven parts, miniseries, HBO. Yeah, at least it's HBO too. That seems like it's going to take... I mean, uh, I guess it just seems like he's better off in the in the 40s like when you think of uh, the Tom Hanks one what's the Band of Brothers and, and and the other movie he did at the same time with Tom Hanks Saving uh, Private Ryan yeah man he knows how to nail that time period Schindler's List but I don't know um, I guess I'm a little concerned once it goes back farther
0: well we, all we can do is watch and wait <laughs>
1: The next one's and is this? This has been a roller coaster going on for a few years now, and <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> it's
0: officially ended for us, man.
1: Yeah, and and you, well, yeah, for I, us. I said us. Mine Hunter has been uh, officially canceled again.
0: <laughs> yeah, right,
1: right. So, by
0: Mr. Fincher.
1: Yeah, by David Fincher said right. it's too expensive for Netflix. I feel like Netflix has nosedived over the last few years. Anyway, we've been talking about this off transmission. Mm-hmm. Right, And then I believe we even discussed In the past how you were saying They have a different um, uh, a Goal in mind And what they want to do That Right. When they were on top and they were the sole streaming service out there,
0: they were just like, "We don't care if we spend 170 million dollars on Irishmen for right. Martin Scorsese. let the right. man
1: do what he wants to do." Or the we or Minehunter, which is expensive. Or
0: Hunters. Are, they've let David Fincher do what he wants to do. Here, burn through this money. We're making tons of it anyway With all these streaming services come out and start gobbling up their their bandwidth. People. Yeah. Yeah and uh all of a sudden they're just like well that uh that irishman only appealed to
1: scorsese people right <laughs> well fucking duh <laughs> <laughs> which is a huge thing yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was up for Academy Awards and all that. But.
0: Right. No, no, it was definitely, it wasn't for a lack of quality because they got all the accolades and reviews and it came out very favorable, I think, for a lot of Scorsese fans. But what happened is the subscribers started getting robbed by like Disney and HBO. And, yeah. And so once they saw that, they were like, all right, it's time to start Penny Pension. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: You're right. And that's what's happened and you can feel it because the I feel like Ozark was like, Going back to that That's like the last Cool edgy thing They've they've done in a while I mean they might have A few more left And the book's ready To come out Yeah but, I mean they're Clinging to a few Of their heavy hitters But you know That obviously started Several years ago I mean it only just Ended last year But um
0: Right yeah well, they still have a, a contract with David Venture, and they're still doing projects with him, and they're still doing that uh, Love... Uh, love,
1: the, love, Sex, and Robots. Or, yeah,
0: yeah. Or Love, Death, and Robots, I think
1: is what it right. is, but that's pretty edgy, and I like that, so that's kind of cool. That It seems like it's still remnants of the old Netflix, though, because that came right. out, the original one came out like five, four years ago, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Or three years ago, maybe? Yeah. Before COVID.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so the thing is, is they, uh, they're they continuing their relationship with David David Fincher, which is nothing but a good thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a few movies with them and maybe a series, but I think that uh, Mindhunter just right. because it was a period piece show, I, I, they know that Fincher wants to dress locations like it's actually the 60s and use cars, and that it gets expensive, and so that's a little frustrating, right? Because they don't want to spend that, but they want to spend 250 million on Red Notice and uh, Adam right, Project
1: right. and uh, all of that stuff. So it's just it's odd. Right, I know. That's these more kind of like uh, popcorny kind of yeah. stupid. Oh yeah. The other thing too is they're just, I think, to make it easier on them, is they're just opening it up internationally big time. Yeah. Be- because my feed is like almost. Constantly, stuff from all over the world that are in different languages now, and it never uh-huh. used to be. Like even within the last year, it's right. like all this stuff from Germany and and India and South America and Korea and you know, and that's that's cool, I guess. But I feel a little disconnected with it now. I, I feel like I, right. I, I'm even more now that it's so international. I'm even more lost on where oh, to right. where to find content right. because I don't have any associate. When you see foreign language, a lot of times. It's like, ah, that's, a little, that's one more piece of effort I want to put into <laughs> right. doing something. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. totally, yeah. Granted, I mean, I loved the, the, the uh, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. It was cool. It was yeah. really well done. You yeah, know? no, and I love subtitle uh, films. So I just don't want it all the time. <laughs> right.
0: I mean, I think that they're moving more towards the international thing because, uh, one, they already have— It's already there. Yeah, product's already there, but they also spend less for bigger product— overseas and international and all of that and uh they have to substitute is what they're doing with that right and that's a bigger market over there so they can put out those things because warner and paramount and all of these businesses and disney they're all pulling their product from them
1: right so they
0: don't have those movies to fall on
1: yeah they it i guess uh a Arrested Development on um, Netflix is gone In the next month You know And that's yeah. been One of the things They've had They even funded Two of the seasons The season four And Yep five and they're even and the, losing those that they yeah couldn't. and they're po- yeah they're losing control of that it's just wild um yeah i don't know there's i, I guess i i can think of this as another thing that was kind of near and dear to me for a long time and that's the dude do tell dude do tell. it's a weird parallel but it's a parallel the, and that's the ufc right oh, uh yeah. the ultimate fighting championship right 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 that has become such a global phenomenon now that it's so global that you don't even know who to root f- for anymore. Right, right. There's right. people from all over the world, and, and there's something about it that gets lost because mm-hmm. it, there's there's not even a, a, a constant repetition of familiar faces anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to stay relevant by bringing Conor McGregor back into the fold again, and he's already kind of washed out <laughs> as far as right. So, you know, and, and I feel like that's exactly what happened with Netflix right? by making a super international is you kind of, you, you almost feel a little lost in unfamiliar territory and you don't know right. what to, what to hang on to anymore. That's right. like that oversaturation thing we, you know, we've been kind of talking about over the last several uh, months or years. You wow. Know.
0: Yeah. I mean, as a new father, I don't get to watch as much stuff as I used to. So in my times I get to, I'm sparing about what I do. So when I go to Netflix, I mainly watch Comfort Food, yeah. which is, my Comfort Food show is like Seinfeld. Good, yeah. Or I I watch their documentaries and anything else. I'm usually, I go to other things. My main thing I go to now is HBO Max.
1: Yeah, I think minus two. Minus two. HBO Max and sometimes Hulu. Right, yeah, I do.
0: Mostly HBO Max, sometimes Hulu. The kid likes to watch some things on Disney, but uh, yeah, we're all over the place. Hey there, folks. We just wanted to let you know in case you wanted to reach out and have any questions for us, or even wanted to answer some of the questions that we've posed to each other during the show, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at at TFTFP
1: Podcast. Yes. Sometimes you might want to use Twitter instead. Yes. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. you go to uh, the address there. It's a little different. It's podcast TFTFP. Hey, if you want to send
0: us a shiny old email. You can do that at podcast at gmail.com. That is beyond the truth, my
1: friend. Mm. And do us all a favor and like, subscribe, and review us because it helps us out. All right, so now off of the topical shit, uh, you know, the headline stuff, and we're just going to kind of have a discussion, I think, on... um, Like comedy, I'm just kind of curious to talk about it and uh, how it seems to be in a weird place right now. And just to specify what kind of comedy? Comedy movies, comedy TV. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's start here then. Uh, I went
0: online when I knew we were going to start doing this particular topic and started looking at comedies that have been brought out from 2010 to right now and, um, and just looked at that list. Yeah, and, and, and scoured that and basically saw all the co- comedies right. quote, that came out. And I'll also say that you and I are of an age where uh, our first comedy that we really embraced, I think, I'm speaking for me anyway, is Young Frankenstein. And I know you love that particular comedy too. Correct.
1: Right. So Mel Brooks in general from the 70s. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So we have a definitive love for Mel Brooks movies. From Young Frankenstein, basically, is where it started. at us. Up so until, I'd say, Spaceballs. Yes. So Spaceballs is like the end of that era.
1: Yeah. Spaceballs is the last one I really liked. Yeah. yeah, right. And then, of course, you have... I saw Producers on Broadway. Right. Like, as in a live. And that was great. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. Once they made a movie out of the musical of it, I'm like, I don't know if I care about this. But... <laughs> right, right, right. I will just say that, you know, Producers on Broadway was hilarious. And then... But as far... I did not like Men in Tights or the Dracula one. And that's where I was going
0: with it we don't have a profound love for like how much do you give a shit about dracula dead and loving it not or at all robin hood men in tights right. i saw robin hood men in tights i remember laughing at a few things but it never stayed with me now that's a that's whole, a
1: generational thing yeah oh
0: yeah no totally it is and so for me i kind of arrived at this thing it's not ironclad but we kind of lock on to things as kids as what we find funny and then when we see essences of that In other comedies, we kind of freeze into that and like that. But it also has an expiration date and could go bad. It's a weird anomaly with
1: comedy. I guess, yeah yeah I mean but there is the whole you know there's Ben Stiller and yeah, uh, for a little while uh, some of the SNL guys and right. um, Will Ferrell and all that to a point right, exactly. you know Will Ferrell you know with the original Anchorman and right, expiration all thing. of that stuff and <laughs> the uh, what's the one uh, with the college uh, old school old school you know all that kind of stuff Zoolander and uh, at, for me as, you know you said you don't like Bridesmaids, but I like bridesmaids, and um, I feel like almost for me, it's like right after bridesmaids, it kind of ends. I can't think of a f- of a funny m- movie that I've thought this is. I'm laughing throughout, except for one, and I'll, we'll get to that later. But um, right, it just and and I, but that it are, but I, I hear it amongst you know podcast world that everybody and amongst other comedic comic actors and all that stuff, where they're just like, we're not making them, we're not making them. Right. right now so yeah. there's that too you know what i mean and then there's a re- what is it why are they why why are we not making them i think i think it's what i said is that it's this it's like everything
0: else in the entertainment world it's so cyclical that they don't know how to break out of the bounds because comedy has been tied to sketches mm-hmm. or a flat-out screwball comedy or then in it seemed like right in the 80s early 80s maybe late 70s they started mixing genres so yeah. it's a comedy with supernatural twists that's right. Ghostbusters or right. it's a comedy with uh, with some drama in it and yeah. so you get all, all this whole mess of films and so then it starts getting so weaved into the mixing of genres that when you go back and you look at lists everything listed as comedy is like well yeah I guess I could see that as a comedy but it's mm-hmm. not really like solely like oh well, that's you know, wall to wall laughs or, or something like that. Whereas, you know, when someone says something like, "What is a comedy film to me?" I go back to my main thing, which is, well, Young Frankenstein's a, a comedy, mm-hmm. and those kind of movies. They when they do make those kind of movies, they
1: turn out to be uh, Sherlock and Watson. Yeah, I mean, that's that's once they but Step Brothers is the one before that. The reason why Sherlock and Watson exists is because everybody wants. Step brothers again you know what i right. mean and that's a great right. I, that's a funny movie it was right it was a broad comedy or whatever and then I, I feel like you know that's a right around that time period that's also like i said bridesmaids and and then when they try to do anchorman 2 it's like okay forget it because i keep going back to that time period those are those are comedies i like to rewatch. i was you know what i mean it's not just young frankenstein way back in the 70s i think there was a, a like a, an explosion i feel like in that what is that like mid-2000s and and 2010s and all that stuff and then it just all of a sudden it, it faded off and disappeared they tried doing these ones with uh, the chick from bridesmaids i can't think of her name Melissa McCarty, yeah. They're yeah, awful. and then, no, they all bomb. Yeah, yeah. They're ter- yeah all of well, them are that, terrible. No, that, and, that's and, the
0: you think that they... You don't like them because you, you consider them a bomb. They didn't bomb. They did really well, and that's why they kept making so fucking many of them and so she's playing the same fucking character over and over, and over again let's say with will ferrell yeah he has that hit he, and now he's playing it over, over and, and over, over again. again yeah, yeah. it's a, you don't have to do anchorman 2 every time he's playing the same guy just in talladega nights at blades of glory he's playing the same guy over and over again it may not be ron burgundy yeah but right. even mike myers why do we love all of the austin powers movie and then everything he does after that is like what the fuck is this
1: <laughs> yeah that, that Pentaveret one, I tried to watch it. I could not. You
0: even Love Guru.
1: Yeah, that was uh, well, terrible. and then
0: there's those other things too. Like we have our own little petty little things that we don't want to see certain movies because certain actors are in. I have the, well, the one with James Franco, and then we've mm-hmm. just been burnt on like Adam Sandler films and those Vince Vaughn comedies mm-hmm. and the uh, Cameron Diaz films that they were doing so many of, and <laughs> right. all of the Melissa McCartney crap that we already talked about. You know, you have The Rock in a lot of them that I know you haven't seen, and no. the Dirty Grandpa with uh, Robert De Niro. All of right. that stuff <laughs> right. we avoid, and who knows, we might be avoiding films that we think we actually find funny Mm -hmm. but we're we're holding them in contempt because of the people that are in them and also we're also completely distracted by all the social media garbage that's out there
1: no i know but i mean yeah i guess and like i think yeah maybe social media does play a part in it because now we can there's there are a lot of funny random people on say TikTok or Instagram yeah that are in their little 1 minute 2 minute clips that are can make you laugh as hard as fuck and then yeah you can't give that person a movie but it's it's just yeah i think we're in this weird little void place plus yeah, there yeah. Th- there is the woke part too where you know there's a lot of positives to wokeness and then there's some negatives too where it gets overboard and then people get scared to take risks and rightfully right. so because all these careers wow. have been ended by certain people taking risks and you know, right. we're not going to talk about stand-up comedy. We're talking about this is a movie uh, TV podcast, so. And I feel like, you know, the sitcoms that are out, that's generational for sure, oh, yeah. right? Oh, no,
0: for sure. Yeah, now, I couldn't give two fucks about, like, How I Met Your Mother or Big Bang Theory yeah. or any of those things. Right. My, my sitcom watching stopped with Seinfeld.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It stopped right, right there.
0: I mean, I watched Friends. I watched all of that yeah. stuff, but it was a means to an end, just to get to Seinfeld. Yeah, right. Yeah. The minute Seinfeld went off the air, I didn't really care. I mean, Office is probably the only one after the office, that that I yeah. really gave right. The uh, Office. Gave yeah. Shit
1: about. Right. Yeah, I think that's you know for me that's where I lose interest too, and and uh, yeah. And then
0: everything tried to be like The Office. Like right. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and say, Parks and Rec. And I'm just like, I tried it, and it just was like, it's it, not as I'd good. rather watch The Office. It's
1: not as good. No. It's definitely not. No way. Not even near. Yeah, and then, like you said, Community, and then and, and, and they did a Walmart one or a Superstore. You know, they, it's yeah, all yeah. trying to, yeah. Everyone's I, trying to harp. I, it's yeah. that cyclical thing. Part of that is us being... Older and, no, and shutting Down you know because yeah. obviously And Big Bang Theory that's another one that was Huge yeah. and I could not give Two shits about that yeah, except for Kaylee Coco. she's a very interesting, <laughs> very interesting actress, and yeah,
0: she's got a visual thing yeah. just, you can cling on to, <laughs> or two of them. Um, oh, jeez. No, no, but going back to that bite-sized thing that you said of like yeah. the cock and his little yeah. segments and stuff like that, I think I think that really springboards off of YouTube, right. And I think that YouTube really springboards off of something that I go back to. They don't make a ton of them, and I'm glad that they don't, we're not on the ninth sequel. But Jackass, (laughs) they come out with those things every few years. And that last one came out last, in 2022, actually. And I fucking loved it. I laughed harder at that thing in the theater than I have in a long time. Right. But that's another thing that people look at, it, well, it's not really a co- Well, it is a comedy. It, just, it is that's totally a comedy. They don't have to write a whole fucking plot. They just yeah. come up with a bunch of dumb shit, right. and they put it in there, and maybe one doesn't work, but the next one will. And there are people that hate that, and I get it. I understand it, because there's rip-offs of that on YouTube and TikTok stuff, too. Right. That I'm just like, I don't like this, because it's not Johnny Knoxville.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a comedy that I saw recently that... Um, I was surprised at how much I laughed at it. And that's the, uh, the unbearable weight of great talent, which is Nicolas Cage playing himself and playing a version, another younger version of himself. And my, my all-time man crush, Pedro Pascal is the kind of antagonist to the whole thing. Right. Holy shit. That movie is fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty damn funny. And the reason they got away with it, I think is because of the content doesn't he's making fun of himself he's not making fun of anybody else we're in a we're in a time period where it's really hard to make fun of other people oh yeah you know south park has made a whole career off of uh making fun of other people and 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 it seems like when you animate it you can still kind of get away with it because it's not real people you know what i mean and yeah
0: oh it's definitely a detachment from reality when you see it animated right yeah But that that movie that you're talking about, The Unbearable Weight, is is one of those things that crosses genres. It's more comedy than anything else, but it's like they said, what if we took Narcos yeah. and mixed it with a comedy with Nick Cage? What would that look like and how funny would that be? And that is yeah. where they got yeah. that whole thing. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's an enjoyable film. It has a little bit of an issue with the third act, I'll say. I, oh. It, it kind of was losing me a bit there. But other than that, I think it's it's very funny and, and a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those things. Where where are you, you going to put that? If you're in a place and you need to categorize that movie, The, uh, the Unbearable Weight, where are you going to put that? You're going to go to the comedy section. And set it down. Like if you're in an old uh,
1: uh, video store, right?
0: Because that movie that I just said that I watched last night and really liked, The Banshees of uh, Uh, Inner Inner Sheeran, yeah. Inner Sheeran, that's listed as a big comedy, but I can guarantee you people walked into that thinking, is this a fucking comedy? What is going on in this? Right. Now, I was laughing through it, but I wouldn't necessarily, if I was in charge of
1: my own little video store, put that in the comedy section. Right, right. Yeah, I think it, for me it leans a little more. I don't know. I guess more drama. But right. if I, I'm, I'm thinking about when I worked at the video store in the '90s, right, where would that have been? That probably would have been in the drama section.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, like in our lifetime, we've watched the scope of comedy broaden over our life. Yeah. So it starts out slapsticky stuff, Mel Brooksy and then it yeah. starts to broaden into big genres ghostbusters and broadcast news and all of this stuff and it becomes what it is this right. big cesspool of comedies can be all this stuff you look at those lists like i was saying i looked at some of those things on there you're like why is this on the list Right. It, yeah
1: there's a probably because there's no no other regular comedies and then there's also the Judd Apatow effect too where right You know, you add the heart and the drama Drama, to it, and it kind of, yeah, it kind of, it, it, and he just keeps harping on that as if it's. You almost get sick of it after a while, and you're like, I don't even want to watch one of his movies because I know it's not forty old Virgin where you're laughing constantly (laughs) through the whole thing. Well, no, he
0: basically took what they did in um, Broadcast News and Parenthood, yeah, right, and that's his fucking formula. Right, yeah, and I love Parenthood. That movie's great. I think yeah. it's, it's a great movie. And that, it, when you go back and after you've seen two Judd Apatow movies and you watch yeah. that movie, you're like, yeah. oh, he, he's ripping these movies off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's ripping everybody no, off that's these what days, mean. but yeah. It's all so, mixed genre. All, yeah, right. So the mixed genre thing happened, I
0: think, it happened because people were like, I like Mel Brooks but I don't want everything to be Mel Brooks or I don't want everything to be naked gun or I don't want everything yeah. to be whatever. Be a parody. Yeah. Right. And so you start mixing those genres and by the time you get from nineteen eighty to twenty twenty three, it's so mixed up and can you know, it's just it's it's hard to make sense of it all.
1: It's also like almost a necessary evil because if you don't start mixing, you start repeating yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And they've been doing it it, when they're not. Yeah. Right. Right. I know. Well, yeah. yeah, And we're at this point, you know, we, I think we've had this discussion before, you know, where oversaturation and and, then, yeah. How do you, this, this is a hundred year old medium now movies is, and TV goes from the, from the fifties. You know original content is like pretty few of and far in between
0: and plus you know i'm in i'm entering into my mid 40s you're yeah. you've entered into your 50s yeah and we're we're uh as kids we grew up and we watched a lot of content tv yeah. and movies yeah. and stuff we've yeah. seen so much shit, it's hard <laughs> to give us anything original
1: right yeah right yeah, so then when you do see it, you're almost—it you, either really hits you, or you're almost like, I—I I don't even know where to put this in my head. Right, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Because because to be original, you kind of have to go way the fuck out of yeah. the wall, kind of like that that in a in inner a Banshees of insurance yeah. It's so far out there, you know, and and just a, a, a wild and unique story. Yeah, you're like, oh wow. <laughs> well, I don't even know where to put this in my head right now. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. I love the way that director has this way of like being kind of humorous, and then and then all of a sudden just does something completely gut wrenching, yeah. like body shocking. You know, yeah. and he did it a lot in the uh, oh, the in one Brew. in Bruges. Yeah, yeah, you know, where you're just like you're laughing, and then all of a sudden, oh, oh. something horrible just happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and it, the way that kind of messes with your emotions. you Right. Know, that's fun. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's also hard to compartmentalize it, you know. You're just yeah. like, Ah. Wow. Okay. I always go into uh, in my head uh, just to give people a
0: perspective of my mental health. I have this video store set up in my head where, right. when I fi- see a movie and I like it, yeah, I have to walk over to the aisle. Okay, that's
1: a come. Right. Okay, that's a you know what I mean, and so. Well, and it, you know we're both fans of Quentin Tarantino's podcast right. with and Roger uh, Avery, and, yeah. and, and and I think a lot of what listening to that podcast has done for me is made me return to my 22 year old when I was working in a video store for five, six years right. and, and, and kind of start do you know, they're putting me back in a, a certain kind of frame of mind that I did, that I had lost for a while. Right. Right. So right. It, 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 it's kind of curating what you're talking about, yeah. you know. Categorizing and and, and yeah Because instead
0: of sitting in front of your TV And scrolling in front of the Streaming thing for three hours I used to go to the video store and walk around For about two hours Oh yes this looks interesting Mm -hmm. Yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would just throw a rubber ball against the glass Waiting (laughs) for the uh, Midnight to come so I could close up And go home and get wasted (laughs) (laughs) But that's for another show that's a different show, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's weird, though. I, I, I hopefully the oversensitivity thing chills out, and most, like, most, you know, it's cyclical, like you said. You know, the yeah. pendulum swings and one way and sometimes it tends to go a little too far.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if it's we're already at a point in our life and our age where we're set in our ways and certain comedies just is not going to appeal to us because we don't like the current artists of today that provide comedy on screen. Uh Or I don't know if we're putting the effort into trying to seek these things out or give some of the guys who used to make us laugh who don't anymore a chance to see what are they doing now and maybe we should give them a chance that's a hard thing for me to do
1: maybe we'll see because i feel like because because i feel like when those movies in the 2008s or whatever came along i was kind of feeling the same way oh really you know and i know i was younger then but i was still in my 30s i think or yeah, I was in my 30s to early 40s and yeah, stuff like well, that. Yeah, well, there's
0: definitely a few in that time that were out that we we like and we
1: found funny, so... I don't know. I just feel like we're just in a flat spot of talent right now. <laughs> 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 and, and And, uh... Hopefully somebody comes up again and kind of revolutionizes uh, comedy. The way Saturday Night Night Live, to me, I feel that show might as well pack it in. I don't know. I'm not disagreeing with you
0: at all, but I'm sure that's been said about the show over many years. It's still putting out talent and and stars because that Pete Davidson guy, I can't stand him, but he's a big deal. He's getting movies and all this. That Kate McKinnon, she's getting movies, and she's very big, and she just left the show. They both did, I think. So it's still producing stars. I'm I'm not defending it and saying that they are funny. I don't find them funny, but I'm just saying we're looking at it from a very slanted view of our perspective, and it might not be the case in reality
1: okay. of today. <laughs> I guess I, maybe it is. Maybe I'm just being stubborn. I just because I've tried to watch them and I'm not laughing. No,
0: I did, I don't. I'm not saying that you're wrong. That I don't think that they, I don't think they're funny. I'm just saying <laughs> that I think that we're,
1: we're on a different course of our life. <laughs> Yeah. I just feel like we need a uh, fresh, this is kind of, this is kind of like, you know, in the early nineties when guys like Tarantino and Fabru were first coming out and Kevin Smith and they kind of revolutionized and yeah. they brought, they brought kind of like a fresh, they all had a certain level of talent, especially Tarantino, Right. Uh, you know, that, that kind of helped springboard into this new, new world of, of, enter- you know, uh, uh, storytelling, I guess is the corny word to use. But, um, that hopefully that can happen again, uh, but it's it, obviously it's a lot harder because of the oversaturation of content and, right. and yeah, how do you yeah. break through? But right, you know, right now all it is is recycling of IPs. You know, we've had this conversation multiple. I think every yeah. it comes up in every Hollywood hullabaloo we yeah. do. Yeah. It's just recycled IP, recycled IP. Right, and, rinse
0: and, and, and repeat, and rinse and repeat and rinse.
1: All right, <laughs> I don't know. It feels depressing, you know, that there's, you know, the last movie I've laughed at was a few months ago, and I'm trying to think of them, was that one with Pedro and Nicolas Cage. Right. And I'm trying, you know, I struggle to think of a first viewing where I've laughed that hard. Mm -hmm. How long ago that was. It was a long fucking time ago. Oh, okay. Like years ago for me. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: I did it last year with Jackass. So
1: yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I thought I was kind of a dead horse with Jackass, no. but it had its I, moments. I,
0: I get it's not everyone's cup of tea, man.
1: But and again, it's it's the same thing. It's recycled IP. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, uh, yeah, it's true. But I think we're beating that drum a little too hard because we like some of that stuff. I know. Sometimes, because uh, because the same could be said for music with a lot of people, you know. Yeah. And I'm not one of those people. I can find new music, and it will change my world okay i have done that like i did in my mid 40s i had my dubstep revolution at 40 40 years old to 45 Uh i was the oldest one in the crowd right and uh, just entrenched myself into that culture even though it was a little weird luckily i look young for my age right right, so i i didn't stand out too much but um i i feel like the problem is is we're aging out as this is happening hmm so it's hard to know the difference between is it us being grumpy old men and things are just fake, you know, Well, like, I mean, it could be column A, column B, buddy. I think it's both. I <laughs> yeah. think it's both. But yeah, we'll right. see. We'll see. All right. Well, um, so... That's a wrap.
0: <laughs> now on to
1: a more lighter hearted topic. What are you watching? Right. You're not watching anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching everything because I'm childless right right yeah well I mean um, so what are you watching uh, I, we're
0: actually watching the uh, last of us we just watched the last episode yesterday
1: oh oh I didn't know you were watching that yeah what do you think I like it I here's what I
0: like about it so far not to give in, a whole lot away is that uh, it keeps solely on the main characters yeah they do a whole show with side characters, and then they wrap that shit up. Yeah, right. So we don't have to do a Daryl or
1: Carol, right? Or that, yeah, all of that. I'll tell you what. I was up, especially leading up to that when they get to Kansas City. I'm like, oh fuck! And I was saying this to the guys at work who are, got me to watch the show. I'm like, they better not fucking Walking Dead this, where it's it becomes all about this community in Kansas City. Oh, and yeah. I was like, fuck! And then of course, you know, they, you know, the 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 thing. Things go on, and you know, that that doesn't happen. And they're yeah. jumping ahead in time and right. all that stuff.
0: Right? No, I I like all of that. I, I'm really digging it so far. I always keep trepidation in there just in case mm-hmm. because you never know when they're going to drop the ball. But I do like it so far. I like the acting. Pedro's great. Uh, Bella, the yeah. girl, is great. And, uh, yeah, it's really well done, well filmed. There's a lot of tension. Uh, yeah, I'm digging it. The thing I'm digging the most about it is that it is very non Walking Dead, which yeah, that's, I, that's I don't.
1: literally exactly what I was just talking about, and 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 they don't do the parking, the Walking Dead thing at all. Yeah, exactly. I was, that was like I'm mean, because it's so it's so fresh in my mind how that that, that the Walking Dead kind of went off the rails. Oh yeah, totally.
0: Well, and, and I'm way more harsh on that show than you are. You were really nice. Yeah. You kept with it for a long time. Mm,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> once I reached my point, I was done. Right. I I, I can't even pretend to watch it anymore. Right, but uh, yeah, and and um, you know the science behind it. Right. I, when it first when I first watched it, mm-hmm. I got a little weirded out by it, <laughs> and I started researching it to see is this possible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's not it's not possible, but right. uh, it does happen in nature, and and right. there is a, a a cordyceps that does uh, zombify ants and other insects and kind of yeah, yeah. creates and that's super fucking cool you know what i mean so it is based in some sort of reality whereas zombies at this point you know straight up zombies is is completely made up you know what i mean and i thought that was kind of fun about that you know yeah yeah and i you know i do watch the after show stuff they do uh and they'll do side by sides and i'm surprised by how many of the scenes in that show are shot for shot from the uh video game
0: right yeah, like the, I, I don't watch the after shows at all, but I do work with a gentleman that, uh, he's a big fan of the games and he seems to be very happy with how they are presenting it.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fun. And, and look, again, like I said about the, uh, Nicolas Cage movie and the Mandalorian, I love Pedro Pascal. He's, he's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's right. like the, my favorite human being these days. Right. But, uh. Something
0: um, that he's done recently. The speaking of comedy, he was on Saturday Night Live, and there's a the clip of his one of the skits he did that I find actually really fucking funny. The one where
1: he's in the where he wakes up from the yeah yeah yeah, yeah that right. is pretty funny right. But I can't I, laugh at anything but him. Right. And the other people don't. I'm not laughing at any of those cast members. Right. Well, the, the way
0: he does that uh, that accent is just hilarious. <laughs> the, the,
1: yeah. 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 The, yeah, so, the episode was funny. Yeah. That part was. But I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, well, that's cool. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, um, it seems like a lot of people are liking it. Yeah, it seems to be doing really well and well received. And uh, so far, so good for me, man. No, yeah, fully invested by the end of them, and, and excited to see the next ones and all that. And uh, you know that. It, like you said when this day of, like we were talking about in this day and age of oversaturation that's pretty it's becoming more and more rare yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's well,
0: especially when you're harping off of something like zombies coming off of walking dead and yeah, all right. of that stuff it's just you need more um, freshness right freshness mm-hmm. Yeah. and they've done it yeah, yeah yeah and well I'll, i will say the one thing i really do like about the show too is it has that built-in time displacement so it started the the whole epidemic thing started in the 90s and now it's in 2023 or whenever it is taking place in the future so they have all of those years in between that yeah. they can play around with right. and do flashbacks, flashbacks yeah, right, and everything stuff, yeah. and, and play around in a timeline and that's a real brilliant strategy for them to be able to do that whether it's in the game or yeah. whatever it's a really really genius little piece of storytelling to to play around with
1: what else you watching Tim there's a doc that came out on uh, uh, on Hulu a doc series called Stolen Youth and it's about the St. Lawrence College kids that got um, essentially brought into a sex cult by the father of one of the students that were living in this and did you watch it I've seen the
0: first episode so
1: far. Okay. Well, then I don't want to spoil much for you, but um, right, it gets a real, like, I'm surprised how intense it gets to the point where I'm almost like, ah, my, my stomach turned a little bit. And, and right. that's hard for me because I'm, you know, deep into the true crime stuff. But right. yeah, yeah, there's there's one scene in particular that keeps sticking out in my head that I can't forget. I can't shake it. And, and uh, just... The big question I have about this is... Cults, you mean, or this particular Cults, yeah, it's a cult thing. Sorry, I was getting a little vague. With cult things and and cult leaders, it's like, I want to know, do these guys... Is he starting this thing with the intention of where it ends up? Or is it just kind of organically grow as he just like, hey, I think I have... Power over these, or she. There's women ones. Too. There's a lot of lady ones too. Yeah. Uh, but then you have the Nexium guy, who I f- yeah. almost feel like he's like. I want to start a cult. Or you think yeah. of Elron uh, Hubbard. You know, maybe I don't know. It felt like he's like. There's that, that kind of urban legend about him, like he made a bet with a friend that he could start a religion or something like that. I right, don't know if right, that's right. true or not, but right. this guy that we're talking about here is a, a much smaller scale, so he has way more control on, over these right. people. And it. you're only in the first episode. It gets no no yeah way farther than you think it can get i'm like wait a second it makes nexium look like a (laughs) look like a piece of cake you know what i mean like oh it's it's intense it's
0: one of those things just watching the first episode yeah probably because i know it's going in the content that it's going into cult ish but i always see these guys over this and i just i think to myself if I saw this guy just walking in real life, because I'm like this, I'm just a harsh judgment of just yeah. looking at people, and I right. would his face. I'm
1: just like I don't like his face. <laughs> yeah, there's Fuck something about guy. him. Yeah, there's he's yeah. like e- evil Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> I don't like.
0: Yeah, I don't like his face,
1: and I don't like the way his voice sounds. It annoys me. Right. Yeah. No. There's those those micro cues that I I I'm the same way with people. I can. Yeah, Uh, I pretty harshly judge them within about a minute of meeting them, and I'm not often wrong. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's like a weird little superpower I have, a bullshit meter. But uh, I'm not saying it's. Perfect there by any means. Right, I'm just right, saying, right. I have, it creeps me out how much I'm like. I hate that guy, and then a year, you know, six months in, you're like, see everybody, see why I was right. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, so uh, I highly recommend it if you've got a strong stomach for true crime and cult stuff. You know, cults right. are fascinating. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then this is not something you're into, but I'll bring it up uh, because it is it is popular. And um, yesterday, season five of Drive to Survive came out, which is the Netflix. That's See, that's the one thing keeping me there is the Netflix Formula One thing. <laughs> Uh, it got my That series got my wife Invested in Formula 1 So that we watch Formula 1 regularly uh, Every weekend Every race We never miss one And uh, I love that show I love I mean One of the team principals Toto Wolf is like Oh it's not a documentary series They're like What do you, how, what do you think about the, 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 the producer of the show Is asking him what do you, So what do you think of this After five years of this Documentary series He goes It's not a documentary series <laughs> he's, like, this is, he's like Top Gun Maverick Is more of a, to- a documentary series Than this is And right. I like, think there's, there's truth to that Because they are kind of like manipulating the story for drama Oh sake.
0: yeah, you have to.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you have to. But man, it's so fucking good. I love that shit. It, it gives me goosebumps talking about it. So, uh, and it's very popular and because of this show, Formula One is now a thing in the United States where it, it's never broken through. It's it's always like, NASCAR, we're going to do NASCAR, you know, which is right, like right, the right. most disgusting, <laughs> like WWE of, of race car stuff, you know, but, um, <laughs> So that's cool. It's very exciting. And uh, we've already burned through half of the season already. And another one that's probably... It's also related to Cars in a really roundabout way that I know you definitely aren't watching. But um, on uh, Amazon uh, Prime, there's a season two of a doc series called uh, Clarkson's Farm is out. and. Jeremy Clarkson is an English guy who was a famous uh, automotive journalist uh, from the Top Gear series. He was one of the three guys. He's he's the guy that punched one of the producers in the face and famously got fired from Top Gear. And his other two co-hosts were like, well, if he's not in it, we're not in it. And then... Mm top gear went through this it was like went from the number one show in the world to like we got matt leblanc on here <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> like what what the fuck is it's it has picked itself up in the new hosts it has now but anyway clarkson kind of did this thing off to the side where you know he's getting older and he he, he invested uh, a lot of money into doing a farm and it's following him and in his very jeremy clarkson kind of idiot bullheaded ish way setting up a farm and trying to make it profitable in England, where in England there's so many fucking regulations. It's hmm. mind-blowingly complicated. But right. it's just, f- if you like him as a person, and you know, he's he's a controversial figure sometimes, because he does say things outlandishly. Right. He's got a bit of a mouthpiece sometimes. But um, anybody who's a, f- a fan of him from Top Gear won't be a fan of this sh- show. Oh, and they have their own version of Top Gear called The Grand Tour that uh, Amazon kind of gave them a job after they all left Top Gear but um so that's out and I've been halfway through that and it's creating its own little celebrities within it because some of the characters are so interesting and weird and it's one of those things like I I would be like I would never fucking watch this if it was anybody else you know what I mean Mm. it's the avenue through his eyes that makes it kind of interesting you know Right. And you can tell it's it's scripted. And yeah. Top Gear was pretty scripted too. You know. Right. Things going wrong. You know they they're doing it for the drama of the show, but it was still mm-hmm. massively entertaining. Good. So there's that. Well, there you go.
0: Well, for my last one, I uh, went on over to another streaming service
1: that's free, called Tubi. Yeah. They have commercials, but it's worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah. They have co- commercials, but it's worth sitting through it because they have such obscure content that no one else has. Right, right. And so I ended up finding a documentary over there called Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy, the story of Ren and Stimpy. And I don't know if you've seen this. mm no, no. Man, it is fucked up. Really? <laughs> the story of that show is some of the most fucked up shit I have heard in a long time. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It's craziness. It's the story of how that show, it was an animated show called Ren and Stimpy in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. It ended up uh, getting picked up by uh, Nickelodeon, I believe. And this movie, this documentary, just picks up on how wow. Ren and Stimpy was created, the making of it, how it ended up coming to to Nickelodeon, right. and, and the making of the show, which I love stuff like that. And then it just makes this turn into like bizarre Dark, this fucked up shit <laughs> and it just gets worse and worse. It's just it's
1: awful. Some of the stuff happening in that show. I remember going to one of those spike and Mike twisted, uh, mm-hmm. cartoon festivals and, and right. seeing, seeing a Beavis and Butthead, you know, what ended up being a lot of like liquid television stuff on MTV, right. you know, and then those springboarded a bunch of like Ren and Stimpy got, uh, a right. show out of that. And, and, uh, of course, Beavis and Butthead famously did too. Yeah, there was a yeah, it was pretty interesting time. Right. That was kind of part of that era, though, where yeah, yeah. Like I was talking about when, independent films start yeah, coming yeah. I mean, out. You know booms. that whole kind of like rebirth kind of thing, and I'm yeah. just hoping for crying out loud, it happens sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> As we harp this that whole. I, line.
0: I hope for it too. I just wonder if it, we're a generation too old.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, it's possible. Um,
0: because for years, I remember that. And I remember watching Ren and Stimpy when it was on. And I remember now, because everything's so retro, hey, let's bring back Animaniacs, yeah, and, which I never right. watched. And let's right. bring back Beavis and Butthead. They're bringing right. that back. And all, they bring back all these. They're bringing back King of the Hill, too. Right, and everything. right. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, I wonder why they haven't ever tried to bring back Ren and Stimpy. But when yeah. you watch this doc, you'll understand
1: why. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I think we've, uh, we've gotten through our topic list, right? So yeah. I guess that's, we've come to the end of another one. yeah. The end of, uh, Hollywood hullabaloo. Yeah.
0: So All it's right. been a depressing show. And <laughs> <laughs> Tim, Tim, give me the bullets. Give me the
1: bullets you have, please. Thank you. Like you said, committing suicide on on the air here. <laughs> trigger warning. Trigger. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so the next one will be the my next one will be better. <laughs> uh, good old Ed Wood. Ed Wood clip. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I guess uh, on that note, I'm gonna uh, hit the button here. All
0: right. Well, hurry. I gotta take my medication. I'm old. <laughs> okay. Bye. We are ending our transmission.